In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Mother Becca and I have worked together long enough that we pretty much know each other's idiosyncrasies. For example, if she comes into my office before lunchtime and sees that my hair is about yay high, she knows that it's not been a great morning. I've come to learn that if, uh, if she doesn't approve of something that she's seeing, she'll simply say, choices. <laughs> Thursday morning, at Spencer, we had coffee at Spencer's on the bypass. Uh, and the haze had dissipated and the temperatures were a little cooler, so we decided to sit outside. And at some point, the state vehicle of Alabama, a pickup truck with a lawn care trailer on the back of it, tried to turn into the parking lot nearby at a high rate of speed. The trailer hit a curb and the lawn equipment jostled around loudly and generally made a ruckus. And, Becca, seeing it all happen over my left shoulder, simply said, choices. <laughs> choices are being made. Life is full of choices. And every choice has consequences. Some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. Some of them are both. Our kids had to be at uh, different places early, early in the morning every day this week. And so I made the choice to skip the gym all week. Positive, I got to sleep in a little bit. The negative comes tomorrow. <laughs> For every choice we make, we count the cost. We try to determine the benefits, we weigh out whether it's worth it. And in our gospel lesson today, we see no less than five different choices being made, each one having some benefits and some consequences. We begin with Jesus and his disciples back in their home base of Capernaum. As was his wont, Jesus took a stroll through town, getting to chat with the people he met along the way. And on this particular walk, he found himself in front of Matthew. Matthew was a um, customs agent for the Romans. He sat in a booth near where the boats came out of the water and he charged taxes on the fish that were caught each day. Jesus saw Matthew sitting in his booth and walked up to him and simply said, follow me. Now Matthew had a choice to make. He could stay or leave everything he knew to follow this random itinerant rabbi. Four others in his town had recently done the same. Simon, Peter, and Andrew had left their family fishing business and convinced James and John, the sons of Zebedee, to do the same. Certainly by now, the whole town was talking about this Jesus character. Who was he? What was his deal? How would these families get along without their sons to support them? And now came Matthew, the toll collector whom no one liked. He made lots of money gouging fishermen for his own gain. Certainly he wouldn't drop everything to follow this religious leader. And yet he did. Matthew dropped everything and walked away from his tax booth and his comfortable life as a pariah in the community to follow Jesus. What an interesting choice. 
Matthew followed Jesus all the way to dinner at Matthew's own house. And there, surrounded by his friends who happened to be fellow sinners and tax collectors, Jesus and the group shared a meal together. They had fellowship together, and word quickly spread to the Pharisees. The Pharisees were uh, folks who avoided at all cost defilement. They did not consort with people like Matthew or with anyone who had made peace with Rome. So for them, this dinner was unconscionable. Who is Jesus to eat with these traitors to the faith? The Pharisees had a choice. They could walk by and ignore what was happening, or they could engage and, and try to argue and convert. And so they chose the route of triangulation. It's a popular route in the church. They went to Jesus's disciples and said, who does he think he is eating with these unclean tax collectors and sinners? The consequence of their action was a lecture from Jesus. He reminded the Pharisees that the goal of the law was not sacrifice, but that in showing love and mercy to one another, we might avoid the need for sacrifice altogether. So while Jesus is putting them in their place, another religious leader comes on the scene desperate for help. And he has to make a quick decision. He sees this, this crowd. There's Jesus, who he's trying to talk to. There's Pharisees, and he knows what they're about. And there's sinners and tax collectors. And he has to decide, do I bail on this plan? Or am I so desperate to save the life of my daughter that I approach Jesus? and ask him to break the very bonds of death. Not only does he choose the path of life for his daughter, but in asking, he puts his entire livelihood and his ministry at risk. He lays prostrate in front of Jesus, giving him reverence and worship that was due only to God. And he begs Jesus, just come lay a hand on my daughter, and I know that she will be healed. The synagogue's leader, synagogue leader's faith so impressed Jesus that he followed him to his house. Then as Jesus and the leader make their way to his house, the crowd presses in upon Jesus. And a woman who's been suffering for 12 years got close enough to Jesus to touch him. Her, her, her ailment, 12 years of hemorrhaging, didn't just con cause pain and struggle, but it made her ritually unclean. She was an outcast. She was seen as not even human by most of polite society. And to touch Jesus would put him at risk of becoming unclean. But she was desperate. So she made the choice. She snuck up behind Jesus and she touched the hem of his gown. And once again, the faith of that woman impressed Jesus. She'd made the conscious choice to put all of her trust in the help of Jesus. And she was made well. So finally, it's been a wild hour, I think, in Jesus's life. Finally, Jesus and the synagogue leader arrive at his home and the mourners are already in full throat. The girl's been dead for a while now. There is no hope of her coming back to life, or so it seemed. 
So Jesus tells the crowd to go away, that the girl is sleeping, not actually dead. And they laugh in the face of Jesus. The crowd chose despair, hopelessness, sure that Jesus was a fool, not a miracle worker who could overcome even the power of death. And despite their choice to not believe, the faith of the little girl's father was enough to bring her back to life. Life is full of choices. These days, it would seem to be easy to choose despair, to choose to laugh at those who have deep faith, to choose to judge those who are different from us. But it would seem from this morning's gospel lesson that God's response to those choices might sound a lot like Mother Becca. Choices. Choices are being made. Instead, as disciples of Jesus, we are called to put our whole faith in God, to love those who are different from us, to seek God's mercy when we need it, and to offer God's compassion to those who are in need. Life is full of choices, but the best choice that we can make is to follow the example of Matthew. The example of the synagogue leader, the example of the hemorrhagic woman, to put our trust in Jesus and to follow him now and always. Amen.